0: Good, Yeah. see that there, yeah, very good. So, I guess, uh, thank you all for spending the time with me uh, this afternoon in most of your cases. Uh, this morning for me, um, Alan asked me to come and give you a, an update on um, PMA parts uh, in the 2020 post-COVID-19 uh, or um, time period. So uh, I'm just gonna give you a general overview on uh, what's going on in PMA and, and some DER as well. Uh, and then I'll try to answer any questions you have. Um, and uh, like Alan said, Jim O'Sullivan is here to help me out uh, answering any questions that I can't answer. So, um, I think Alan's questions were along the lines of where do PMA parts go? Um, you know, what, what uh, types of, of parts have been PMA'd um, where are the different options available. So I thought this was a pretty good graphic. Um, when I started with Heiko 22 years ago, um, HICO was a jet engine, core engine PMA parts company. Uh, we did mostly JTAD, um, a little bit of CFM, mostly in the hot section. Um, but from there, in the last 22 years, we've expanded out, uh, we've first expanded into various different other engines, different parts of the engine. Um, Then we got into components, so going across various different parts of the ATA chapters. Uh, We included some wings, flight controls. Uh, We got into the uh, cockpit and avionics, um, landing gear. And then in the um, early 2000s, we ended up getting into the interiors, the the labs, the uh, IFE seat parts, things like that. So it's really gone from a niche engine oriented uh, industry to basically anything in the aircraft. Uh, When you look at it, you could look and think about uh, some PMA or DER alternatives. Um, Just to get you a feel for where are PMA parts, we just took a look at the 737-NG and said, where are most of our customers buying PMA parts? Um, And so if if you look, you've got uh, various different ATA chapters. So uh, 25, 52, 33, 71. Um, And and this gives you the idea that it's not just one area that PMA parts are available for, there's several different areas. Um, But most of these things are sort of the expendables, consumables, things you can replace online, or things that are consumed during repair of an LRU. And this actually doesn't include any of the engines. We keep engines separately. So there's a a completely separate chart for uh, CFM56-7B, which we go through and show you where in the 7B do we go and provide PMA uh, parts and and savings, et cetera. So um, one of the things to to, um, think about is PMAs, a lot of people start thinking about the compressor blades or turbine blades or discs. But really, it's a lot of the other stuff as well that, that you um, that most people use PMA parts for. So things like window shades, uh, trade tables, uh, um, bin latches. Um, b- basically, uh, any part that you look at on an aircraft, if it's consumed a lot, it's a PMA opportunity and there's a potentially a PMA part for it. Another thing that that Alan asked me to talk about was the regulatory support and regulatory acceptance. Um, And one of the things that the the FAA has done very well um, is to go out and get the regulatory support uh, for PMA parts. So in the center, um, these two are FAA internal documents. Um, This is a year and a half long study that the FAA did on The safety and reliability of PMA parts, um, and it showed that there's uh, no safety or reliability issues with PMA parts. They're just as safe as as, uh, OEM parts, um, so long as you follow the rules and regulations. Um, This one addresses the uh, question about, if you install PMA parts, what do you use for instructions for continued airworthiness, Um, and then there's a whole raft of bilateral agreements with uh, all the various different operators. Um, The EASA FAA TIPS um, started out uh, in 2011 and been revised several times since. And then all the various different other regulatory agencies, um, most of them have a bilateral agreement with the U.S. Uh, Some of them have working agreements, the difference between a bilateral and a working agreement. Bilateral, you've got a two-way information flow between the two regulators. Uh, The working agreement is typically a one-way flow, so the, the FAA is providing data and support to the other regulator, but the other regulator is just providing information back in terms of safety So there's typically not a a bilateral acceptance back. It's only a bilateral acceptance to the other regulator, but but these are bilateral agreements. Um, One of the interesting updates in the bilateral agreement world um, was in 2017, uh, the Chinese US bilateral was updated um, and uh, China, during this time period, uh, the, the pre-COVID time period, um, was very much interested in getting more bilateral acceptance from its um, bilateral partners. So they updated the agreement to go through and talk about acceptance of all various different parts. But I just highlighted the portion that talks about PMA parts. Um, and basically, what the bilateral agreement is is telling the the Chinese operators is that um, PMA parts, which are U.S. PMA parts, are accepted um, without further showing, without any CAC involvement for any parts that go onto a U.S. state of design aircraft or engine. So you're talking about the, the Boeing's, the um, Pratt's, GE's, uh, CFM's, etc. Um, for non-U.S. state of design, um, the criteria is if the failure modes and effects are minor, uh, or not critical, then the FAA PMA parts are accepted again without further CAC involvement. So there's still a path to go through and do approval for things that are Airbus that are not minor. Um, but if it's minor, then it's accepted without further showing. So all the <clears throat> all of the examples that I gave in terms of the window shades and and trade tables and laboratory flush switches and and all of that stuff will be minor. Um, to give you an example as to what classifies something as a major or a minor, um, if you have a, an inflate shutdown of an engine um, and it's a twin engine aircraft, it's actually considered minor because it was a safe shutdown and the aircraft is designed to be able to have that shutdown. So even if you got to the point where you're talking about compressor blades and you've got a, a uh, in-flight shutdown of the engine, you're still in the minor non-critical area. Uh, you didn't need to get to a point where you're releasing high-energy debris before you go and get into the critical area. So, so this actually cleared up a lot of the question about um, what does the CAAC need to do to get involved to approve PMA parts. It's really not much unless you're at the critical state for a non-U.S. state of design aircraft or engine. Um, So the other thing that's happened um, during this COVID-19 era is this has started to actually get some traction in mainland China. Um, We've started to have some mainland Chinese carriers that have come to us and said, okay, we we are now interested in learning more about the PMA and DER world. Um, We want to go and improve some parts. So we've we've got uh, more traction in the last three years and more traction in the last six months. Um, than maybe we had before, so I, I think that's um, giving people the the pause to say, okay, I want to think about how do I go and and save money to make sure that I'm financially viable on a go forward basis. So um, it's it's our one silver lining that that we see in this uh, COVID nineteen crisis um, is as airlines are are taking a pause from flight operations. Um, They're looking internally in terms of how can they save money for a go-forward for a stronger return to service. Um, And just looking at uh, PMA alternatives to reduce maintenance costs is one of the things that they're looking for. Um, Just taking a look at at HICO and what uh, we do. um, I I gave you a brief overview of all the different uh, types of parts we've done. Um, But one of the things that's interesting to me, and I have to knock on wood each time I show this slide, um, is since we started keeping um, electronic records, uh, we've shipped uh, 76 million uh, parts. Um, and so far we've had no service bulletins, uh, ADs, or in-place shutdowns that have been caused by our design or our um, production. So I'm really happy about that. And then um, we're trying to keep that, uh, the, the zero needs to stay where it is and the, the quantity of parts continues to go up. Um, Pre-COVID-19, you were probably talking about uh, that uh, top number ratcheting up about 3 million parts to 4 million parts each year. Um, Taking a look at the broader market, um, the FAA uh, comes to a market conference uh, once a year, and they typically show a slide similar to this. Um, They've got a whole series of slides that talks about PMAs, where they're approved, things like that. Um, but the, the interesting thing here is, um, while HICO has uh, probably about to 12,000 active PMA parts, um, there's uh, 1.3 million PMA parts that are out there. Um, 61% of those are the licensed PMAs, so they're your typical OEMs. Um, but 23% of those are the testing comp, the, the ones that we're talking about here. Um, and then a, a smaller fraction are the STCs. Um, But in in all the years that the FAA has been uh, managing safety, um, they've issued, uh, my my count is 25, uh, but they're saying 20 to 30 ADs uh, that apply exclusively to PMA articles. And in contrast, they were issuing about 350 ADs uh, each year for all other product lines. Um, And for the large aircraft industry, we're really talking about uh, four ADs. So there's been three ADs on large commercial aircraft and there was only one AD on a large commercial engine that were exclusively to do PMA parts. So I hope that gives you a a very quick uh, overview in terms of what's going on in the the PMA uh, industry and field. Um, I'm happy to go in and, and take questions and I know uh, Alan's going to send out my contact details for additional questions afterwards if people have them. Um, but I guess I'd say, Alan, unless
1: you want something yeah. else? No, no, that, 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 that's a very good overview, uh, Pat. Thank you very much for that. Um, and uh, just a couple of questions from, from my side. I mean uh, the the uh, the audience is welcome to come in with any questions as well either on the um, the text there or, or unmute your, your microphones, but just from my side, um, uh, any rotating parts and engines uh, with PMAs uh, from the Hyco side, are they all stationary parts? Um, no, know? we have rotating parts as well. In fact, um, the
0: reason why I joined HIKO in, um, in 1997 was to uh, develop the compressor blade program. So uh, nice. we, we, uh, started up a program to to PMA compressor blades, and it was something that nobody thought could be done. Um, but once we did it, uh, we PMA'd the high pressure compressor of the JTAD, CFM56, um, and the CF6. So it's it's definitely doable. Um, and it, it's there, there's a a wide range of parts uh, in an engine or an aircraft, um, and so you really have to look at uh, the failure mode and effect of the part. Um, you know, we we keep track of how the failure modes and effects uh, for each part are classified. We have an internal classification to them. So um, if we have a customer who's looking at, you know, maybe if they don't want to get into the rotating engine parts, they want to get into something else, we can direct them in that direction as well.
1: There he goes. And, and is that considered a minor mod or a major mod, like say HPC blades on terms? So of- great, great question. Uh, HPC blades would be a minor effect because
0: if the, if the hpc blade broke and you shut down the engine then it's a minor effect as long as you get right. into an, an aircraft um the, the place where you would go major would be if you have something that's going to have a uncontained failure
1: all right very good um he, he didn't touch so much on the der's available at hyco uh I, um, is there much information on that or are there specific companies within the hyco group that are doing that Oh, I, absolutely. Um,
0: we have, uh, six companies within Heiko that do PMA and we have, uh, seven, I think that do DER repairs. Oh. Um, so our DER repairs, uh, some of them are focused on, uh, individual piece parts, um, similar to the in terms of the, the repair of the part to bring it back to uh, its current standard. Um, but a lot of our other DER repairs are on the component on the LRU, um, where um, maybe we can uh, repair a housing instead of replacing the housing, mm-hmm. uh, like that. So um, the repair group is probably more focused on the line replaceable units than the engines. But we have one company within the repair group that focuses on engine engine parts.
1: Very good. And and the regulatory kind of uh, issues that you brought up in terms of PMAs, they they more or less apply to DERs as well, or in
0: it's very similar. Um, there's uh, a few different pockets with DER repairs in terms of um, what needs to be validated versus uh, what's accepted without further showing. Yeah, uh, it's, it's similar to PMA in that regard. So some countries accept everything. Some countries accept um, everything except, and then you have to deal with the. So, um, but typically the the FAA PMA or DER repairs are accepted by. Uh, all the regulators. It's just a question of what does it take to get through the regulator
1: acceptance at that side. That that brings us nicely onto some of the questions that have been posted there. I just see from a couple of the guys on board, Ashke and and from Ivenge, and it, it's it's from the lessor perspective. You know, a lot of these aircraft, these contracts in re-delivery, there's clauses in there, there should be no PMAs. Have you experienced? Maybe this is a question for Jim. You know, with lessors accepting PMAs on aircraft re-deliveries. Uh, and um, how, how is it handled, or what's your experience there? So, um, I, I guess the, the
0: question maybe needs to be a little bit more nuanced. But um, if you're talking about uh, lessors accepting back uh, parts with PMA parts in it, um, the very first question is actually right here. Um, most OEMs are actually PMA with identicality. Um, and license agreement, so the the straight no pMA parts is really a bad piece of language because um, if you're if you get it apart from Honeywell or UTAS, or, which is now Collins, um, those are all coming in as PMA with a and license so um, that that particular bit is bad language, but uh, if you 're talking about the the test and comp side, um, we've got a lot more less or acceptance talking about me go back up here about where in the aircraft is it? Um, you know, they're, they're, I think the the lessors are moving more towards maybe it's not uh, rotating flow path in the engine, but in the galley's, in the labs, in the, the overhead bins. Maybe it's not as important. Um, so I, I think if you if you ask it more of a nuanced question in terms of uh, where you want to accept PMA parts. I think there's a, a lot more acceptance in some of the other areas than engines. And I think there is more acceptance on the engine side in terms of the, the individual replaceable parts. So for example, a a, a um, an O-ring that goes on to a chip detector in an engine where you're removing the chip detector, checking it for, for chips, putting a new O-ring on, sticking it back in, you do that Every time you check the the chip detector, so if you're worried about that O-ring, the next time you pull that chip detector off, you can replace that with an OEM part, and there's there's no issue. It's gone. So every time you take take the chip detector off, you got to replace the
1: O-ring. Yeah, and I think uh, the experience that I've had as well is that any any of these aircraft that are um, let's say under second or third lease, you know, there's there's lesser um, objection to PMAs, DERs, the aircraft on green time, and and maybe parted out in the near future. So uh, they, they always tell you that it affects the, the aircraft value, which it, it's, it's it's hard to understand sometimes. But uh, um, yeah, that, that's good. I, I know Pat is on a tight time schedule. He's another call to do with IATA after this. Uh, I see there's one question from Scott Walkman in there, uh, or a comment, I should say. Interior PMAs would typically be acceptable. With engines, it's typically not allowed, so that's uh, a lesser viewpoint there, which is interesting. Um, so, um, if there's no other questions for Pat, I I, um, I I want to give him the opportunity to maybe step out because I know he's something else on board. Um, thanks, Pat, again for for your input for this call today. Um, no. as I said earlier, and if anybody that joined uh in the call a few minutes later, uh, our colleagues from Chromali uh, give their apologies. They can't make it for the call today. There were some issues regarding getting internal approval from the communications department for the presentation. So they did ask uh, us to um, take any questions that, that you might have for Chromali in terms of DER repairs. Um, you can post them here, and, and I'll take them back. Uh, we will be posting their presentation on the, the follow-on email as usual. Um, so. Regrettably, we don't have them on board for the call today. But uh, if if it makes sense, um, uh, if there's anybody that's on the call today, if you have any comments or observations on DER repairs in terms of uh, less hours experience, um, it'd be great to hear from you. Um, so, yeah, I so should see it from, from Andrew T. from Bellinger. He's saying there, if it's listed in the IPC, then typically accepted. Um, but uh, the question is: are, are you actively trying to get OEM manufacturer approval for PMA parts, such that they are listed in the OEM uh, IPC or IPCs alternatives? Do Do you have some PMA parts in IPCs, or probably? Uh, so going- we we have
0: some. We typically don't do that because if you if you go down that path, then you're looking at paying a license uh, agreement back to the the TC holder. So you're giving up the cost savings that you would have gotten uh, with the testing comp PMA. However, um, we have some PMA parts that have been product improvements um, that the TC holders have actually come back and said that they want to include in the aircraft on a go forward basis. And I've um, actually bought the PMA parts from us to go and be installed. Nice. Um, so
1: it does happen, it's just rare. Nice. Yeah, I no, I think it's fair to say, you know, that the technology um uh, and the re-engineering skills that are available now, you know, compared to the original design, TC uh, design is much stronger and higher in the quality of PMAs and DR repairs should be of a much higher standard as a result of that. Um so uh yeah, I think um on, on that note, if there's any other questions, um or if there's not any other questions on DER, PMA, I'm just going to uh, uh, kick over to our short summary on APTN. Um, Alan, I'm going to drop off. If if anybody has any additional questions for me, uh, please feel free.
0: Uh, Alan's got my contact details, and I think he'll be sending it out with the presentation material. If you want more information, want information about how PMA parts are approved uh,
1: or accepted, please feel free to ask. uh, all right Pat. thank you very much for that take care um so to just today on the on the aptn updates for anybody uh, that hasn't seen the live platform i'm just going to do a quick screen share for you uh, and and show you that and then alex is just going to give us an update on the numbers so uh, if you bear with me here now, i'm going to share the screen with you um and where are we here we go So when you log in as an APT member, this is what you will see on the login screen. Uh, It it kicks into what a screen calls my work schedule. And what you can do here is you can block out your projects. So you can um, put in a start date. Let's say you're going to do a CAMO project from the 2nd of August to the end of August. Um, Let's call it CAMO number two. Uh, that goes into your work schedule there and uh, you can put in your summer holidays, you know, other projects there. The purpose of this uh, um, calendar tool is that when the enterprise members or lessors or MROs are searching for technical uh, people, uh, they won't find you if you're blocked out for that time period there. So in uh, the GALAX will show us the, the search function of the enterprise members after I've done this. Uh, but that—that that is how... The system works in terms of um, uh, scheduling and and the search of the, the calendar tool. Just while I'm in here, I'm just going to show you some of the other tools that are on the platform. There are some simple uh, search tools here that we've that we've introduced. We're going to add more of these uh, depending on members' input. But simple parts and price search tool there will bring you into a a, a stockmarket.ero um, search by part number. You can find repair sources and parts availability there very quickly. There's an AD search tool there for EASA and FAA ADs that will bring you to the relevant search page for both FAA and EASA ADs. But the key part of the platform, I'd like to think, is this area what we call continuous professional development. And under that, we hope to have a menu of training courses uh, and um, upskilling opportunities for members Uh, and there will be a menu here they can select from, whether it's airframe engines, avionics, over time we'll populate this with course content from people that are, we won't generate the course content, it'll be experts that are doing this and uh, there'll be partners with us in providing uh, upskilling opportunities for the APTN members. But for the moment, what we have uh, in terms of online content is an APTN members area, and it's a simple Google Drive, private drive for members And in here we're putting in the content of the Zoom calls uh, which we're on here at the moment. Uh, You can see um, what's in there so far from Zoom 1 to Zoom 14 Uh, and each of these then has um, the presentations from uh, the the various Zoom calls and uh, we also have um, uh, just one second now, we also have the podcasts, we have some uh, videos uh, of uh, Zoom calls and some intro videos, but also important, we're, we're going to start develop some online content in terms of aircraft uh, and power plants. So just to show you an example on the power plant side, we have um, some content in there on the CFM56-5 engines, and um, that's useful to members. Intermix of 5Bs is a big. Uh, um, area, and if you're not familiar with it, um, there's, there's an old workshop planning guide in there as well. So we'll add more content as time goes by, um, and similarly on the aircraft folder side, you know, we'll introduce content here for, for members on the various aircraft type that are covered on the platform. Um, so that, that's what's in there at the moment in terms of online content. We'll add more and more as we go through it. Uh, the final part of the platform then is um, in terms of services to members: financial services, insurance services. Uh, we have an agreement in place with uh, a professional indemnity insurance organisation where they are offering 20% discount on individual rates for professional indemnity insurance, and that will be shortly be posted on the platform here and on the uh, the LinkedIn hubs. Uh, other other services in time we've hoped to put in here will be things like travel insurance, health insurance, other services where we can benefit from discounts and uh, group rates from providers that will be of benefit to the APTN membership. And hopefully that provides a value for money for the membership fee that, that, that we charge annually. So on that basis, I'll stop here. Alex, do you want to just take over there and uh, share one or two screens?
2: Yeah, sure. I'll uh, start by sharing the, so this as an enterprise member is what you see, uh, which is our search availability tool. So this allows, um, SOS, MROs, any enterprise members have access to all the members worldwide and access to their information, which helps them contact them. So, um, during COVID-19 this will allow, um, members become in contact with uh, areas that they need to get to, uh, without having to send consultants to those countries. Um, and then post COVID-19, once companies and lessors are really trying to cut costs and budget, this we believe this platform would be a really good help um, just to decrease tra- uh, the amount of travel that needs to be done in order for them to achieve meeting their people. So through this um, platform, you can search any country um, in which we have members, just Turkey, for example. And it will then bring up.
1: Can you see this one? It's just still it's this, I think it's after hanging there. It's coming through now, I think. There you go. Yeah. It will then bring up
2: all members that we have um, in Turkey.
1: So just click into one of those there, Alex. You can just to see uh, the kind of the profile that you see. Sure. Yeah, so you get phone numbers, contact details, it's up to you to contact uh, them directly. We're not trying to get in the middle of of, of providing the the, uh, technical services. The LinkedIn profile that's there will give you an overview of their past experience. So it's a quick and easy way to find technical guys on site uh, in the current climate. Sorry for interrupting there. Go ahead. So I think that gives a good overview of, of the search functionality. Just want to show you want to show this the the uh, the um, charts there on the membership, Alex, and we can finish up on that. I think. Oh, of course. Okay. There you go.
2: So um, as always, um, if you want to just follow our two LinkedIn pages um, and they can just give you more info about APTN, uh, our APTN hub, which has um, all members, all technical professionals around the world. Um, it's just a post here. It can, it's just used to help interact with each other and put in quick posts about your own company or about stuff that's happening around the world. We also, as you can see in the bottom right, have the corporate page, uh, which we've just got 300 followers in. Um, myself and Alan regularly post updates on webinars and podcasts, as well as articles summarizing um, these Zoom calls. So we've seen um, pretty substantial growth in the last few months. Um, I think one of our first uh, Zoom calls, we were kind of, uh, we hit a great milestone, I think hitting maybe 250 platform members. So we've now almost um, got to 400 members by July, which is fantastic. Um, as well as that, the, ho- uh, the LinkedIn hub is just um, surpassed 1,800 members. So we're really trying to grow this just to make it such a connected um, professional body for aircraft technical professionals. So as always, um, as I've mentioned in previous um, webinars, our goal is to get to 1,000 APTN members by the end of 2020. And if you're new to these Zoom calls, um, you'll be I like to use these um, WhatsApp groups that we've um, we've made. So these are regional groups in which uh, we allow people to become connected, but also to ask information. Um, there's each each WhatsApp group depends on what you signed up on the platform as. So when you sign up on the platform, you put in your region, you should receive an email inviting you to the WhatsApp group. Um, These then can be used to ask for more local questions, um, asking for uh, aircraft inspection or an engine type in your local area. And finally, this is just my contact information. Um, You can contact myself or Alan in regards to any questions you may have on the platform, um, anything that you may not have understood about those demos, or anything having regards to the WhatsApp groups. So I'll stop.
1: Brilliant, thanks Alex for that update. Um, so on that note guys, um, we will conclude today's uh, Zoom call. Um, just means for me to thank you again for participating and thanks to Pat and to Jim for uh, giving up the time. Next week, um, kind of based on last week's uh, um, survey, we had a PMASD, yours is one topic and uh, we had also um, the topic of aircraft delivery, re-delivery. So we have a couple of speakers lined up to, to talk about distressed and friendly lease returns and um, what to watch out on aircraft uh, re-deliveries. So that should be interesting. So we'll send out the agenda for that early next week as well. And hope to see you again in the uh, APTN Zoom call. And thanks again for your time today. So take care and uh, we'll see you again soon. Thanks, Alan. All right. Bye-bye. We